And welcome to another episode of Locked On NHL, the Thursday edition, the edition where we talk about rankings every week. This week, we're continuing our division ranking list. Usually, we go through all 32 teams, 1 to 32. And in the last couple of weeks, we are doing by division, breaking things bring breaking things down a little bit even more. Chris is out this week. He has abandoned me. He said, Adam, I have a personal life. I am going to use that. Uh, but no need to fear. I got Armando Velez from Locked On Panthers with me. And Armando, we are starting off with our favorite division. Mm-hmm. Our favorite division. We love we love this division. I, I specifically said it on my show, Locked On NHL, the other day, that I was actually looking very much forward to this show because you and I are probably going to try and and take up at least thirty minutes to talk about the Atlantic Division, but don't worry, we don't worry for all of you uh, out there. We also got the all all the all the other three divisions. We'll talk about those as well. Uh, but first, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel on Locked On NHL and all the NHL channels on YouTube, as well as all the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, your team. If you if you want to listen to news on the daily on your team, well, we got a team, we got a podcast for you. So, uh, first of all, Amado, thanks for coming back on. Like you said, I, I was trying to figure out when was the last time we recorded. I thought it was a lot sooner than than free agency, but no, it was the summer, right? Yeah, uh, it was the free on um, the first day of free agency, and then shortly after Johnny Gaudreau signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, that news came out, and our. Uh, when we were yes. talking about trying to get draw, it was a little out yes. there. I do remember that. So. I do remember that. And now that you brought up the Gradoia, I rem- I literally remember we stopped recording and the news broke that he signed. And it, uh, it was it, everything that we said, all our great predictions pretty much went down the toilet. Um, but at least we don't have to make that many predictions this time around. So uh, I'm going to pop on the, the rankings right now so everybody could get a look. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you got them right on for you on the screen. If you're listening to us on audio platform, uh, we got pretty much, I, I wouldn't say that the same rankings. For, I mean, there's a little movement here and there, uh, mostly in the Pacific Division, but we're starting out the Atlantic. Um, and, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we're going to be a little bit more biased this time around. Uh, just because, you know, obviously both our teams play here, play in this division. Now, Armando, looking at the Atlantic division, looking at the movement of where the teams have been since last week, do you agree or disagree with, and, and now I just like to preface that by also saying that these are all voted on by all the hosts, except yours truly. I have never voted on because I feel like I would actually vote the lightning further down the list every single week. But where do you do you agree with these rankings? Are you surprised by some of the teams, uh, especially in the Atlantic division where they're slated right now? Boston number one is definitely not a surprise due to the due to the, due to the start that they've had. I mean, with Florida and Tampa, especially now that the Florida Panthers have had know now what it takes to win around. The the regular season for me personally, the way I view it is so much different than I than I've ever viewed it. With uh, with of course them pl- breaking the twenty six year drought of winning a playoff series, so the, the Panthers are kind of taking the same approach as the Lightning, and th- these two teams are awfully similar in in how they're approaching the regular season. So, of course, uh, the, we're not even at our first benchmark yet of the NHL season, American Thanksgiving. That's like a week away. So yeah. there's still not at that point of separation yet as far as who's going to be in who's going to who is looking to be on the outside looking in and also 
honestly, between Toronto, Florida, and Tampa Bay, you could really flip any of those three, and there wouldn't really be a lot of argument on who who would be above. So, Florida, Florida now moving up one spot. It, it, it's right about where I expected them to be. I mean, the, when they were ranked fifth last week, they were just coming off a West Coast trip where they lost to Arizona yeah. and San Jose all, all in that all in that trip. But now you look at the Montreal Canadiens. They've won uh, three out of their last four as well. I mean, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki have 10 goals each. And uh, former Panther uh, Sam Montebo in his uh, five starts, 238 GAA and a 930 save percentage. So uh, yeah. even without Carey Price, the, the Montreal Canadiens are finding uh, w- ways to win. Yeah, they, they've definitely surprised me. And for those listening at home, uh, this goes from one down. So Boston is in first place or first in our rankings, actually. Uh, and then it goes Toronto, Tampa. Those teams stay where they were last week. And then the Panthers rose up from fifth into fourth. We got the Canadians uh, in, uh, in sixth. Um, I mean, fifth, excuse me, fifth from seventh. Uh, and then it goes Detroit. Uh, moving down from fourth place last week, and then Buffalo, and then Ottawa. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. You know, and, and this is the thing I was talking about. <clears throat> excuse me, on my show, is that is that really are we? At least I am, but I, I feel like still at this point in the season, and and I'm surprised yet not surprised, and this might be due to the the vast number of of, of veterans on this Bruins team, but. Are we surprised or at or not surprised by the performance we've seen from Boston thus far? I mean, I was never really a believer in this team going to the season just because I believe they were missing Marchand. I believe Bergeron was going to be out for a quite period of time. Uh, Taylor Hall hasn't really been what he was in the past in in New Jersey and Edmonton. Uh, and, and I guess his couple of months in Arizona, if you want to call that a stunt. But... Are, are we still – is there still a lot more room to be shocked? Because I, if I remember co- uh, correctly, during the summer, even when you were on the show, I think we spoke at one point that, you know, this team was supposed to head for a down a down season. And and I a large part of it had to do with me se- seeing what they had in goal. I mean, obviously, Tuka Rask wasn't really what he was in, in, pre- in recent years. Um, but you go from that to Jeremy Swain, Swayman, who is now missing time as well. So – you know, you got Linus Olmark in, in that, and, and then kind of, I guess, a, a little bit of a of a merry-go-round of goaltenders here and there. Um, are we are are we allowed to be shocked, or or should we give the Bruins more respect at this point? I think I think that we should give the Boston Bruins a little bit more respect. I mean, I did have Jack Bond from Paramount Sports on on Locked On Panthers. Uh, ju- just uh, in the preseason, the day before the Hurricane Ian hit uh, uh, Florida. So I had him on the show talking about which are the over-unders to avoid. And I, I was I was asking him, is the 95, 96.5 over-under for the Boston Bruins one to avoid? And he said, yes, that is definitely one to avoid. Yeah, there's a coaching change. Bruce Cassidy's not, um, not there anymore. Now insert Jim Montgomery, uh, even though his uh, stint with the Dallas Stars didn't uh, end so well due to some personal reasons. But Krejci's back. Uh, yeah, Mar- Marsh, both uh, both Marshant and Charlie McAvoy. As far as injuries, I mean, as far as coaches and their obligation to tell when it comes to injuries to the media, they don't owe us anything when it comes right. to that. So they uh, they 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 kind of uh, they kind of uh, were they kind of went in another direction when it came to uh, 
disclosing injuries. And of course, they right. came back sooner than we all knew. And and Jeremy Swayman, I believe he just got activated back to the Boston Bruins. I think I saw something yeah. like that this morning. So really, really a good uh, a good situation for the Boston Bruins to find themselves in as this kind of feels like a very uh, last dance kind of uh, approach for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I, I kind of figured, though, I, I kind of figured, though, going into the into the offseason, you know, with, with Boston, then we'll move on in, into the uh, to the Metropolitan, an, another dogfighter division there. But I kind of feel like with Boston, it was more so kind of all dependent on what Bergeron was going to do, because remember that little brief period in the offseason, we didn't know if Patrice was coming back and, and then he came back and then the talk about Krejci came coming back was kind of always there, but you never really knew if he still was going to come back. And, and then I, I think really what the big factor was, was, was getting Bergeron back. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that just injected a whole more little bit, I guess more enthusiasm into this team heading into the season. Cause I, I think if you take him out of that, you lose, one of the best centermen in the league, which is still crazy to think about at this point in his career that, you know, the fact, and, and I really thought personally that this was going to be Anthony Sorelli's year to get the Selkie, but, you know, insert Patrice Bergeron back into the league. Um, but you get Krejci back, obviously you get Martian back from, from injury. And that just kind of revitalizes this old group of guys. I mean, you also have your good number of young players, but yeah, I mean, I I I kind of look at our teams as be like what what needs to happen with this Boston team because they're all they're always all reliable in this division you know it, just when you think you're starting to kind of jump into the con- conversation of starting to dominate the the division because Armando it seems like forever ago but heading into the into the bubble Boston I believe they didn't only win the division but they won the Presidents Trophy so what, it's not that too mm-hmm. far long ago that they were the top dogs of this division and. Look where they are again now, making it look even easier to, to in the division. So you know what, we can't win. Hopefully, all we got to do is rely and and to playoff teams in Atlantic as well too. They just got to rely on getting into the playoffs and and hopefully they can knock off the Bruins that way. But uh, yeah, very impressive play from teams in this division overall. I would like to see, and we'll save this for the end, uh, who we would like to see raise. But you know, I had to throw it out there because they were one of my favorites, the Red Wings. Uh, very disappointed in how they've dropped, and you know, I would like to see them pick it up in a way where it doesn't overly affect uh, Tampa. So, moving on to the Metropolitan Division, we got the Devils in first, uh, the Islanders second, Carolina, the Rangers, the Flyers, Capitals, Penguins, and Blue Jackets. Now, the only movement there is that Carolina and the Islanders switch places from last week, uh, s- swapping from three and two. Um, I think, you know, going from, all right, let's put some respect on the Bruins, kind of sidestepping into the, into the Devils. Can, can, we, can we be surprised about this team, Armando? Another team that has, I think, even more outperformed expectations heading into this season. Can we be, uh, can we be surprised? I think not shocked, but can we be surprised by what the Devils have done and, and how they've are still at the top of that division, not only in that division, but also in our rankings. So I'm going to say something that's a little bit of a of inside, uh, not necessarily a joke, but an inside saying for the Lockdown NHL hosts. So the Devils. So the Devils have won 10 straight now. And 
they're getting contributions from Jesper Bratt, who is betting on himself, who's going to get quite a payday come this offseason. Yeah. I mean, your boy Andre Palat, who signed an ex- who signed with the Devils this offseason, isn't even playing much. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood is not playing neither for the New Jersey Devils as well. And, yeah. and they're getting great play from Vitek Vanacek as well. So, uh, yeah. A guy who I, I saw him firsthand last year in round one uh, against the Washington Capitals. I mean, he only played five periods. He was pulled in the third period. Didn't play the rest of the series. Sam Sonoff played the rest of that and uh, seemed to maybe have re- um, revived the, his career a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying he's the goalie of the future for the New Jersey Devils, but what was the conversation for the New Jersey Devils this whole season, this whole offseason? Can they buy a save? Because yeah. Jack Hughes is scoring. Nico Heischer is scoring as well. And two, two number one overall picks. But can they get the goaltending? And so far, Vitek Vanacek, I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's definitely come in and he's definitely shown that he he can be uh, reliable in 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 starting. And even uh, Akira uh, Schmidt uh, in two starts, one six three um, GAN and nine twenty save percentage. So they're getting the saves. Yeah, that was the big thing for this team last year. You know, I living in the New York area and not being able to afford Ranger tickets because, you know, those tickets are like a million dollars. Whenever the Lightning come to New York, I would always go to the Devils games. And, and you know, so I got to watch the Devils quite a bit. And, you know, I always said to myself on those games, you know, they were always in the thick of those games. Even last year, um, I believe one of the most egregious cases was when your guys rolled into the Devils uh home building i think it was like a five nothing game for the devils at that point and uh florida came all the way back and won that game in overtime so yeah really what it came down to is can this team just can they just buy a save because that's really what it came down to was that they have the talent in their skaters they have the talent for the most part on their defensive core um and they just weren't able to stop the puck so really that was the issue and and you know you're starting to see a shift now, you know, this team is starting to make saves. They're starting to make plays in front of their goaltender, which it does help when your goaltender is able to come up with some big saves. So yeah, definitely uh, the tides are changing in, in Jersey right now. I don't think that we're close to a conversation of comparing them in terms of success just yet, or getting close to success of, of those early devils teams and late nineties, early 2000, late nineties teams. Um, But the team that's really shocked me, and you know, I, 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 it kind of, it's kind of cool that this week we, I get to have you on because you know we get a little bit of refreshment because you know Chris and I talk about this all the time. Uh, but so I, I would love to get your perspective. The Penguins, how surprised? What? I don't even know where to start because you, you always kind of figure this is the team that's always going to be in that top three, always going to be in play. You're always. What we said about Boston before is what we usually say about Pittsburgh, and it's scary how bad they're playing <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, you have Sid and Malkin at the end of their careers. I mean, granted, you know, Sid's playing well this year, but uh, what does Pittsburgh need to do to, to turn it around? I mean, yeah, like you said, the first benchmark of the NHL season is next week in thank- American Thanksgiving. And not too far after that, I, in my opinion, I think the final benchmark, New Year's. Um, what can the Penguins do to at least get things going heading into the New Year's? I mean, just looking, pulling up their hockey reference page, I mean, Tristan Jari, I mean, uh, 355 GAA as well. So that's, that's, I mean, and Tristan Jari had a bounce back season last year after a horrible postseason in 2021. 
So yeah. it's just really about the defense core. I mean, the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, they trade Mike Matheson to the Montreal Canadiens for Jeff Petrie as well. So that doesn't seem something that has worked out for them. And I mean, honestly, as far as the Penguins, I mean, we knew when all those three guys were extended that uh, the even Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins talked about the rebuilds for the Pittsburgh Penguin is going to come sometime, someday yeah. for them. This the, signing all three of these guys is gonna just gonna accelerate uh, these these guys together uh, for for a long time and then just delay the rebuild for for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But yeah, it, it, it's just that that that's kind of like the situation that I find themselves that that they find themselves in. It's really similar to the Washington Capitals as well. Yeah, two, two aging teams who have won cups. Yeah, I I mean I I feel like there's a little bit more. You know, you get Latang Malkin and Sid back, and, and you know that's a. I think that's a little bit different than you know extending some guys like John Carlson and obviously Ovi, who's chasing history. Um, I, I mean, I think that the Capitals have been due for a rebuild for quite some time. I was saying that they were due for a rebuild. I think a couple, of, like right around after, actually after they won the cup. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's so weird how the game of hockey works, where your, your loyalties to a, a core group of players really kind of puts the movement or or just halts the wheels on on the movement of rebuilding uh and so you know hopefully we could see some good hockey from the pittsburgh penguins going forward uh you know i think it's it would be a very strange postseason to not have uh pittsburgh and Sidney crosby in the mix so uh yeah comment below everybody let us know what you think uh what what are your biggest surprises from the Atlantic and the Metro? I I mean it's it, it I feel like we're almost in bizarro land early on in the NHL season, and and I feel like you know at this point, even during the early benchmark uh, with Thanksgiving right next week, I I think that you know maybe some teams are going to start selling, which is crazy to think about. You know, only in November, so we'll we'll see how the season plays out for those teams coming up. We'll be discussing the Pacific Division as well as the Central. A lot of interesting things going on there. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and most importantly, hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. Now, if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well as Bet Online. We're always they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And once again, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listener of the day. Go ahead and follow me and Armando on social media. Armando's at MondoMan12. I'm at Danky, Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. Go ahead and follow our shows and our bios. We have all that information there as well. Uh, so, yeah, Armando, we're looking at the Western Conference now, which very strange things happening as well. I mean, I, 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 I said this from the beginning, and, and, and maybe this was a team, maybe Chris and I, we wished it into existence. Uh, into existence, but Chris and I really, we weren't really expecting much from this team heading into the season, but look where they are. The Winnipeg Jets, man, in the central, you know, uh, hanging in there. I kind of figured though, after, you know, a season removed, 
now just for our for our listeners at home that are listening and not able to look at the graphic. So we got Dallas in first, uh, Winnipeg and Colorado switch places at two and three. Uh, we got Minnesota in fourth, Chicago in fifth, Nashville in sixth, and then Arizona in seventh. And then the St. Louis Blues in eighth. Who would have thought that there was going to be a team even lower than the Arizona Coyotes? But, <laughs> but with the Winnipeg Jets, man, I mean, a season removed from getting rid of Patrick Line and losing Paul Maurice, which I thought was even a bigger deal than that. Um, other than, you know, Winnipeg in general, what are your thoughts, feelings, thought, uh, and concerns possibly about this division, these rankings thus far? I mean, crazy what a coaching change can do. And I mean, I mean, right. the, the Florida Panthers, I mean, they, they, they have the, the former uh, Jets coach there. Yeah. Uh, and and we we're seeing a different style of play as the Florida Panthers are going away from that run and gun style. But going back to the Winnipeg Jets, Connor Hellebuck is looking like his uh, Vesna self, that's for sure. And Jason yeah. Robertson, I mean, I mean, we've talked about we've talked about uh, possible heart candidates. Uh, maybe Jason Robertson could be possibly in the heart candidate. Twenty six uh, points in uh, in sixteen games, uh, I believe yeah. that I saw just now. And and he he is leading the way. I mean, there was a contract dispute for uh, for Jason Robertson and the Dallas Stars in in this offseason. So and and he 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 he's, he could he could possibly make more uh, some, some more dough uh, this coming uh, in his uh, next contract. So uh, I, I I'm I'm a real big fan of, of of Robo. Crazy to think that he wasn't on that uh, Stanley Cup final team for uh, Dallas and uh, may, may, and they got such a. I, I think it's safe to call uh, call Jason Robertson an, an elite an, an elite goal scorer because he's definitely uh, definitely showing that. To to be exact, uh, twenty five points in sixteen games for uh, Jason Robertson as well. So he he's definitely uh, helping helping them out. Of course, Joe Pavelski is uh, seems like a guy who just doesn't age. Uh, uh, Thirty seven years old signed a one year extension last season, just uh, just proving himself that he could still uh, play and. At, at in his in his late 30s yeah. and chicago uh, I, I watched the uh, st louis uh chicago last night and despite it, it's strange uh them being at number five and of course the start that they're having when we all know the writing on the wall of what's going to happen uh, come the trade deadline i mean patrick kane and jonathan taser are likely going to be shipped out and uh andreas athanasiu two goals last night including a, a really filthy move on jordan bennington uh he could Possibly bring a big return for uh, Kyle Davidson and bring some assets uh, this coming off season. Yeah, I, we were talking before we we hit the record button, uh, Armando. That it just that that was just a weird game to watch where St. Louis wasn't the better team. Um, it, it's you know it it you're playing and to to add on to your point with Chicago, yeah, I mean. This is a team that we really thought they weren't going to be able to do much of anything this year. You kind of just figured they were going to mail it in because they kind of knew that the clock was ticking. And maybe that it had the reverse effect on this team. Maybe they realized that, okay, you know what? We don't have much time together anyway. Let's go out there and, and at least, you know, play our butts off and, and see what we could do with it. And I don't think it's going to come down to a situation where they're going to force the, the, the front office to keep this team together. I would be shocked. If we're heading into the trade deadline and they make, you know, they, they don't get rid of at least one of one of the two of Taves and Kane. Uh, but, yeah, going back uh, to, to Dallas, I mean, 
Jason Robertson, I, I had the misfortune of the lightning running into him in the Dallas stars the other night. And, and he really is an impressive player. He's one of those players that every year, you know, we talk about the, the young guys uh, that come up when they're 19, 20 years old and they say, Hey, this kid's going to be a player. And, and, you know, it feels like we've been saying that for quite some time. I remember during the bubble, um, they were talking about Jason Robertson when the lightning played the stars in the Stanley cup final. And, and, you know, you're starting to see that. And and you didn't even mention Jake Ottinger in that conversation. I think top five goalie already after that run mm-hmm. that he's had in the playoffs. And now you see what he's doing this year. He missed a couple of games due to injury, but he's back and he looked like there was no rust. And and really, man, it, it, it's, it's so strange to see how things could change in a matter of really months. Uh, you know, the, and Colorado's doing good things. Uh, that's all I have to say. I, I hope Chris hears that and is is clenching his fists right now is at how at how you know lackadaisical I am about that but yeah the rest of this division I mean don't sleep on Nashville don't sleep on the Blackhawks Minnesota they're just a team for me that I just feel like they still haven't shown us everything I feel like there's always this hype with the wild that okay they're gonna this is the year that they're gonna finally take that next step and they never ever do and it's just it, they could win the division, and I still wouldn't believe that they're going to go any anywhere farther than a first round. I think they're there. I think it's safe to say, Armando, that maybe the Minnesota Wild, and maybe I'm being a little harsh here, and, and Wild fans, comment below. Let me know. Um, don't take it out on Armando, please. Um, is the Minnesota Wild the Toronto Maple Leafs of the West? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say exactly that because they don't have the same amount of attention. Yeah, they're right. in the yeah. state of hockey, so I, I kind of get why you're going in that direction. But I mean, high high powered offense in in uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarella as well. Matthew Boldy is a is a promising player for them as well. But let's talk about how they uh, how when they brought in Mark Andre Fleury about that whole situation with him and cam talbot cam talbot ended up being traded to the ottawa senators missed yeah. a little bit of time but cam talbot is back for ottawa and when mark andre Fleury, uh of course he, he's an older older guy uh performs well where what's your backup plan for for that now and I, I mean of course it, it was a lose-lose situation that it was going to create uh something bad in the locker room if you kept talbot around so they were kind of they were kind of uh uh, uh, they kind of had their hands tied. And let's not forget their trade of Kevin Fiala to the uh, LA Kings. I mean, that's a big loss for them. He was an yeah. over a point per game player for, for the Minnesota Wild as well. And I, I've talked a lot about on my show about the Florida Panthers being in cap hell, but th- there's no team in cap hell as, as, as bad as the Minnesota Wild. Maybe Vegas, you can you could argue Vegas, but Minnesota yeah. with their buyouts of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, uh, it's it's they're they're in a tough spot yeah that it's a weird situation i was talking to someone about this the other night where it's i think it's even a worse situation you know some people feel like if you're up against the wall and you don't win anything you don't do anything less than a cup you know it's it's kind of like hockey hell for you but i think if if you're kind of like not even in the conversation for getting to the conference final let alone getting into the second round every year and you're like you're basically treading water in the cap space. I mean, it, I think that as a fan, at least that is just a nightmare and, and mm-hmm. just ongoing. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. That's how I look at it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, 
I, I, I think that, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I don't know. They're going to have to have some sort of, I guess, sell-off here or something. But really, before we get into the Pacific, I want to get your opinion. Um, the Blues, obviously, bottom of the league. Uh, and, you know, a team not too far. Another team that's really not too far removed. You have some good talent on there. Not too far removed from winning a championship all those years ago. Uh, made an interesting move in the offseason to move away from Billy Huso, sticking with Jordan Bennington, who has been a lightning rod for controversy over the last couple of years, which if I was the GM, I would have switched that. I would have switched out uh, Bennington for Huso. Maybe that's just me being a little biased there. But if you're the GM of the of the St. Louis Blues, how long until you, you pull the pin on the grenade and just blow up this team? I think I, I think when it comes to Bennington, I, I think I think because of the long term commitment that they have for him was going to be a little harder for th- them to get rid yeah. of him versus uh, versus Billy Huso and and listen, they traded Billy Huso's UFA rights, so they were they 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 kind of knew that there was a chance to lose him anyway, and to try to facilitate a trade right before uh, yeah. free agency open, it was always going to be a hard situation for the St. Louis Blues to bring uh Billy Huso back and and of, of course the Blues wanted to reward Bennington for winning them a cup but man it's just post post Stanley Cup Jordan Bennington man it's just been it's just been a, a wild ride for 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 them and also uh he's not he's not getting done any any favors too they're they're not scoring any goals I mean goals yeah. for in, in the in the NHL they're they're 29th in in the league uh, in goals for so they're not they're not really uh getting any uh contributions uh there on the on the goal scoring and of course we we've known about the drama between vladimir tarasenko and the front office about his health as well i mean they extend jordan Cairo and robert thomas this this offseason so uh it, it's just uh they're they're having a hard time getting on the scoreboard as well it's not just jordan binnington yeah i mean it's a, it's a team effort out there of course i mean you know a lot of people like to to jump on the goalie as the issue when a team is the they'll go the goal differential is looking crazy um but you know it's it's also about we know we know very well both of us that you know it's also about what's going on in front of you uh all i i'm gonna end it by saying you know if i'm tory krug i'm kind of scratching my head like what did i sign myself up for yeah. here with that long-term contract so Moving on to the Pacific Division. Now, Armando, I, I, I would like to preface this by saying that here on the rankings edition on Thursdays because of Chris's feelings about Vegas and, and me kind of just loving to flame the fire that is his hatred for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'd love to make fun of Vegas, but we can't make fun of Vegas this week. 26 points first in the Pacific Division, and that leaves them at the top of the, our rankings, at least in the Pacific as well. So uh, Vegas stays first. Uh, the Kings move up from fourth place. The Kraken move down from second. The Oilers are bumped down to the fourth spot from third. Calgary stays put. Uh, San Jose is bumped up from the eighth spot. And then we got Vancouver and Anaheim falling to seventh and eighth. So, Ah, you know, I, I feel like after Calgary, it gets a little rough in this division, man. I mean, uh, I, I would say biggest surprise, and I think we could all agree, whether you're listening, watching, or even a host on this show, Seattle really, mm-hmm. really got it together really quickly there. You know, I 
I was a big hater of Seattle last year because of the way they drafted in the expansion draft. And now obviously teams were a little wiser to the way an expansion draft works and, and how things go because of what happened with Vegas and their immediate success. So, you know, it was, you know, the, the good thing with, with, with Seattle was that the only way to go from where they were last year was up. Uh, so what has impressed you thus far about Seattle? Because I think definitely there is, for me at least, I think the one thing that stuck out to me in probably the, the couple of handful of games that I've seen them is that they're playing as a team. And I think sometimes that's all it really takes in this league is if you play as a team, I mean, you're going to make a significant difference. Um, what have you seen, Armando? I, I'm seeing that there a lot of their uh, contribution, their, their their goal scoring is very, very, very spread out. I mean, yeah. uh, Matt, um, Jaden Schwartz, Matty Berniers, and Jared McCann, former Panther Jared McCann, uh, all, all three of them have uh, five goals each. And, and also, let's also – and they're doing all this despite all the drama be, behind – their fourth overall pick in Shane Wright about yeah. whether about all the healthy scratches is he going to be sent back to Kingston as well, and and they're they're doing all that despite despite all 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 that all that drama about about him slipping in the draft and and everything so uh, really really impressive and and of course they're a top ten uh, power play uh, unit in in the in the NHL as well so that they're getting they're getting those those uh, contributions and. They're doing it without the two goalies that originally signed with the team, and Philip Grubauer and Chris Drieger. I mean, Martin Jones uh, bought out yeah. by the San Jose Sharks before uh, signing a one-year deal with Philly last year. And I mean, uh, not not the best numbers for Martin Jones, but he's doing enough to help them win. Yeah, and that's all it really takes. I mean, that kind of goes back to our conversation with with um, with 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 St. Louis is that you know. With a goaltender, he doesn't have to go out there and be a Vezina Trophy candidate. He just has to go out there and 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 have a 900 save percentage and just let your team do the rest of the work in front of you. And I mean, we've spoken about this as well as our own shows, especially when we do crossovers with our respective goaltenders. Is that you know, it, as long as you don't let the opposing team get into the dirty areas, I mean, it, you're really setting up your goaltender to go out there and just get into the flow of the game. And we've seen this. Uh, with 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 Seattle thus far, uh, right now their goal differential is plus seven. They're six three and one over their last ten. The thing that really sticks out to me, and you know, I want everybody to keep an eye on this. Now, I don't know what their overall record on the road is, but well, actually, I am looking at it, so I do know. But five one and one on the road. That's going to be interesting going forward over the course of the season because. You know, I would imagine in in my infinite hockey wisdom that that their record is going to get better at home, obviously. You know, nothing like a little home cooking. But if they could keep that same energy on the road, I mean, Armando, the, the, the possibilities are endless with where Seattle could potentially finish in the league. Now, they're 11th overall with 19 points, I guess top 10. So, you know, tied with your Panthers and, and the Winnipeg Jets and my Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. So, but you keep up that same energy and and heading into, I would say, what, maybe mid-January, late January, early February, if you could keep that rolling into there and you're, you're going to start to see some teams fall off as we do around this time of year all the time. We're, we're talking about Seattle possibly being top five in the league already. I mean, that I, I never thought those words would even come into existence in my brain at this point in, in year two for Seattle. But I mean, 
I don't think you could really ignore that record on the road. I mean, what does that mean to you? Is do you think I'm blowing this out of proportion? Do you think I'm I'm playing too much into it right now? Am I am I falling into the expansion team trap right now, or or is do I have every right to be excited about this? I I think you could have a little bit of both, but I think that the <laughs> Seattle Kraken are gonna they there's a possibility for them to fall off as they're still like a younger team. Dave Hextall is still trying to uh, find find a way to fit uh, everything with the, with his new guys. Uh, and I was very critical of the Seattle Kraken, not dur- not mostly during the expansion draft, but with all the assets that they had in the N- NHL entry draft, that they didn't make a big splash to get to make a big time trade to acquire a, a superstar with 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 all all that all that draft capital that they had at their disposal. Uh, especially a lot of second round picks from what I saw. I think, I think they had five if, if I'm not mistaken. Or, yeah. So, so they had, they had quite a, a few picks that they could have used to trade for trade for someone, but they, I, I it, it's a good start for them. I, I don't know if this is sustainable for them, but definitely, definitely that five, one and one road record is something uh, very notable. I mean, Another team I want to talk about here is uh, the Calgary Flames. I mean, of course, um, my team and the Calgary Flames are very connected for for at least the next eight years based on a <laughs> trade of Matthew Kachuk and Jonathan Huberdeau. Huberdeau being downgraded to line number three. Daryl Sutter being brutally honest about saying that uh, that he he's just not he's just not playing well, so he had to make a fix in it. And of course, what happens? Huberdeau scores a goal against the LA Kings on on Monday, so l- lighting up a fire under him a, a little bit and. That was the that was the team that was going from possibly no window to short window as they lose Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. So uh, it, it's not a surprise where the Flames are because they're still trying to figure out who 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 they are as the as so many different players from the outside coming in yeah. to fit in with this coach who's like no nonsense. It's crazy and funny enough. The Calgary Flames are visiting uh, Sunrise, Florida on Saturday as Huberto returns to Sunrise. Yeah, they'll they'll be an Amelie tonight as we're recording this episode. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. I have to. I was saying on my show that you know you're you're saying how they're still trying to figure things out, but you know they're in a good position because they have Jacob Markstrom, who you know mm-hmm. was probably one of the best goaltenders in the league last year. Now he he obviously lost it in the playoffs, but uh, you know if if Markstrom could continue with this role he's been on over the last year, I guess if you want to call it that, I mean this team. They could take all the time they want in the world to to mm. try and get it together. Uh, so, you know, I they're a fun team to watch uh, now that they got Huberdo and, and Tippett as well. So, and obviously that that enthusiastic uh, life of the party coach that they have in Daryl Sutter. So, uh, we'll see how they pan how things pan out for them. And you know, but it's no easy task for Edmund uh, for for Calgary because they got Edmonton right in front of them. Um, Connor McDavid just having one of the greatest seasons that I've ever seen, or at least one of the greatest starts to an NHL season I have ever seen, at least in my life. Um, mm-hmm. How how many different ways can we say that this guy is great at this point? The, the fact that he is single-handedly going out there and winning games for this team now. I mean, uh, do we just call them the Edmonton Connor McDavid's at this point and just rank them basically from week to week on how he's playing and not how the overall record of the team is? I mean, do or or do we have to look at the team and say, listen, this this production from McDavid isn't going to be sustainable over the course of an eighty-two game season? Uh, other guys, other than Leon Drysital, are going to have to chip in. And and now that you lose a Vander Kane for three to four months with that scary injury he had, mm-hmm. um, 
what's next for Edmonton? Uh, do they fall after this? I mean, yeah, Vander Kane's not in, in exactly, you know, the lifeblood of that team, but I'm sure he was, I mean, they loved him there last year and, and that's why they brought him back in the off season. I mean, where does Edmonton go from here? Can they continue their success? Can they keep up uh, with the rest of the division um, and, and be able to, you know, make some ground on Seattle as, as well as Vegas? They possibly could. Of course, it, it all comes down to Jack Campbell as well. Looks, uh, Stuart Skinner had two straight starts for, for the Edmonton Oilers. Saw uh, Stuart Skinner goalie, the Florida Panthers. If you saw all the expected goals and all those metrics, you saw that the Panthers' expected goals were like way, way higher than Edmonton's on, on their Saturday matchup. But Stuart Skinner, maybe he could be the number one guy taking over for for the Edmonton Oilers, who knows? Uh, and and really, uh, Brett Holden of Locked On Oilers talked about on the national show on Tuesday about what are they going to get out of Jesse Pugliarvi? He's even playing on the in the in the top six, and he's still not getting really uh, a whole bunch of point production as well. So yeah. what? And they and they decided to bring him back instead of trade him when he was an RFA this offseason. So what? Yeah. Something's something's got to give with Jesse Pugliarvi in, in in getting something out of him, and so that there isn't as much on Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I mean, Zach Hyman is great at secondary scoring as well, but Pugliarvi's a f- number four overall pick. I mean, you got to get something out of him. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree uh, about that. So we'll we'll have to see how this team, and, and that's the case with every team, uh, whether it be in the Eastern Conference or in the Western Conference. You know, teams are always. I, I feel like we could just always equate every team to to stocks in the stock market. You know, is their stock up now? I think the Edmonton stock is. I guess. I don't know. I guess it's just stagnant. It's not really going anywhere right now. Mm. I mean, it really, I think it's going to depend on what the rest of the division do, does at that point. Uh, so we'll wait and see and, and make sure to go ahead and comment below. Uh, let us know what you think about all these rankings. Are Is there some teams that we missed? Um, is there is there some teams that didn't get enough justice? Let us know. So next week when Chris is back from his, uh, his extravagant uh, week off, uh, we could definitely answer those questions as well. So real quick before we wrap things up, Armando, give me your top three risers, teams that you think are going to make an improvement, or at least, you know, teams that are going to move up on the board. Uh, it doesn't have to be any particular division. You could just pick one team from three divisions and then three teams that you think are going to fall off. As far as risers, uh, I think the Penguins are going to get it together uh, as far as as far as the next few weeks, because, of course, you never want to count out uh, Sidney Crosby uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis is one. And this is and this last one is one mostly as for hope reasons, because because we've seen we've seen so much uh, turmoil with with the management and, and the team. And this yeah. one is the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what are they going to do about yeah. Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat? Bo Horvat is scoring at, at will. JT Miller signed a long-term extension when there was debate on whether they should have traded him or not to get some value out of it. Uh, so, And, of course, there's so many theories on why there was an extension of JT Miller and might there might be one of Bo Horvat because their uh, Canadian teams are more hesitant to rebuild as they lost more revenue than U.S. teams. So... Vancouver yeah. might not want to press the rebuild button too. So it, it's just, and, and of course they're still paying Travis green as well. So I, I, I want, I, I love to see Vancouver get a, a few wins together and, and fight for their coach, uh, Bruce Boudreau as well. As far as uh, teams falling, uh, 
we we actually saw Carter Hart become a little bit human in the last uh, week. I mean, it, it was yeah. like the first of three or four weeks that the, that uh, Carter Hart uh, didn't have a regulation loss. And there was a big difference between him and Felix Sandstrom uh, whenever he would be uh, between the pipes. So Carter Hart has been the MVP of the Philadelphia Flyers uh, this season as, as for for them. And uh, Nashville, that, not, Nashville, not sure about them. Uh, I, I believe I believe they'll be somewhere uh, somewhere like maybe in like four, um, four, four or five by by next week. And uh, another uh, team that I could see falling, the Seattle Kraken. I think there's a great start for them. I know we spoke about them earlier, but I think that's going to be a team that could possibly fall uh, in the in the next few weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Nash uh, Nashville. They're always a team. I feel like, and I'll agree with you with that. I, I think Nashville is always a team that you can't always just count them out. I mean, I, there's just something about that franchise that you know, ever since they they had that run. Um, couple of years back and you know they've kind of just been in always in the mix especially mm-hmm. when you have Soros and that I mean how can you count out that team so well we'll see how those teams uh pan out over the next couple of weeks let's see hope maybe they'll they'll make some ground over the, the next week when the rankings come out uh I'll throw the rankings on the screen right now uh one last minute so let us know do you agree do you disagree uh, and let me and Armando know. Once again, follow us on our social media pages, mostly on Twitter, obviously. I'm at DankyDank, D-E-N-K-Y, D-8-N-K, and Armando is at MondoMan12. So that's been it for this episode of Locked On NHL. Uh, we'll be back next week with Chris, and uh, have a good night, everybody. <laughs>